This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Good morning. I'm Max Cohen, a congressional reporter at Punchbowl News. I'll be filling in for Anna and Jake this week. Welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your top Washington headlines of the day. Number one, House Republican leaders face a struggle to pass the rule for the NDAA. The House Rules Committee is scheduled to mark up the fiscal year 2024 defense authorization bill today. With the legislation set to hit the floor later this week, with final passage currently envisioned for Friday. But thanks to big problems with the House Freedom Caucus and questions over the Coast Guard's reauthorization, Speaker Kevin McCarthy and GOP leaders will struggle to even pass the rule for the NDAA, much less a 1,200-plus page bill itself. It's the latest sign of the difficulties that McCarthy and senior Republicans will face as they attempt to muscle through FY 2024 funding bills and other high-profile legislation with only GOP votes. The NDAA is usually done on a bipartisan basis, but facing heavy criticism from the House Freedom Caucus and other conservatives, McCarthy is under pressure to give on a number of high-profile issues touching defense policy. Yet the further House Republicans move to the right on any of these proposals, the more valuable every GOP vote becomes due to Republicans' razor-thin four-vote majority. And that means more trouble for moderate House Republicans already chafing at conservative domination of these policy fights. This year, more than 1,500 amendments were filed, a record, to the Defense Authorization Bill, which had been passed by Congress every year since the early 60s. House GOP leadership staffers huddled with committee aides and Republican lawmakers over the last few days to try to pare down the number of amendments to a manageable number, but there are still likely to be dozens of potential floor votes. Abortion, diversity, equity, inclusion funding, critical race theory, climate change, transgender issues and drag shows, Ukraine funding, Russia, Afghanistan, China, and Taiwan. These are the big issues we mentioned in our previous reporting on the NDAA. And House Freedom Caucus members are pushing dozens of proposed changes to the legislation, including directly with the Armed Services Committee. That panel passed the $886 billion package by a 58 to 1 vote on June 22nd. Only Representative Ro Khanna, Democrat from California, voted no. The Armed Services Committee sought to keep the bill as narrowly focused as possible in order to avoid jurisdictional problems with other committees. Yet now conservatives, who pressured McCarthy during January's speaker fight to avoid Christmas tree bills, want to include all sorts of non-germane amendments according to leadership members and aides. And there's now a new flap. House Majority Leader Steve Scalise wants to include reauthorization for the Coast Guard in the NDAA package, while McCarthy doesn't, according to three GOP sources. This dispute was still being worked out Monday night. Today, the Rules Committee will come in at noon to begin the NDAA markup. But when it will finish... And whether conservative GOP representatives Ralph Norman, Chip Roy, and Thomas Massey will even vote for the ruling committee 
is still unclear. And then there's the floor fight, which could stretch into Friday. Every culture war provision from the Freedom Caucus that's added to the base legislation will cost Democratic votes, and it'll also make GOP moderates unhappy. Over in the Senate, that chamber could take up its own version of the NDAA by as early as next week, according to several leadership aides, although the Senate floor schedule for July is still being worked out. Number two, Army officer confronts senators over Tuberville blockade. This is the latest reporting from our very own Andrew Desiderio, who is in Lithuania with the Senate delegation attending the NATO summit. On Monday, a top U.S. Army officer pressured a bipartisan group of senators to help break Senator Tommy Tupperville's blockade on senior military promotions, arguing it's negatively impacting national security. Lieutenant General Andrew Rowling, the Deputy Commanding General of U.S. Army Europe-Africa, was touting the benefits of U.S. aid for Ukraine here when he abruptly asked a group of senators to, quote, help us overcome Tuberville's procedural moves on the Senate floor. Rowling told us that Tuberville's actions are, quote, reprehensible, irresponsible, and dangerous. Rowling gestured toward Colonel Kareem Montague as one of those officers whose promotion to Brigadier General is currently being blocked by Tuberville. Montague, who was standing behind the senators, quote, should be getting paid as a general, Rowling added. Quote, but he's not. Rowling's criticism, delivered as he was welcoming senators to Camp Herkus, just a few kilometers from the Lithuania-Belarus border, represent the highest profile condemnation of Tuberville's actions from within the military, apart from political appointees. It also shows that what's happening back in Washington is resonating across the globe, and it comes as a Marine Corps is now without a Senate-approved commandant. On the Senate floor Monday afternoon, Armed Services Committee Chair Jack Reed tried to confirm General Eric Smith as a new commandant, but Tuberville blocked the move. As we've reported, Tuberville is doing this as a way to force the Defense Department to abandon its abortion policy, which Republicans overwhelmingly oppose. We asked Tuberville to respond to Rowling's comments on Monday. Here's what he told us, quote, I've talked to plenty of officers. General Smith said he can get the job done. They can do the job. Listen, I'm not going to hold up readiness, and I understand a little bit about what's going on. They're not going to leave jobs unfilled. Many of these posts are becoming vacant, though, and some have been empty for months, such as a U.S. military representative, Tenedo. Later this morning in Washington, General Charles C.Q. Brown Jr. will testify before the Senate Armed Services Committee in his confirmation hearing to be the next chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. General Mark Milley's term as chair of the Joint Chiefs expires in September. And now for our number three story of the day. Nadler presses DOJ for answers on Durham's Trump probe. Representative Jerry Nadler, the top Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee, is demanding to know what top Trump-era Justice Department officials learned from their Italian counterparts about allegations of suspicious financial dealings tied to former President Donald Trump. Former Attorney General Bill Barr and former Special Counsel John Durham met with Italian intelligence officials, quote, on two separate occasions in 2019, where the officials, quote, shared credible evidence implicating former President Donald Trump in potential financial crimes, quote, Nadler wrote in a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Nadler is asking Garland to provide any tips or evidence that Italian officials may have shared with Barr or Durham, quote, implicating former President Trump 
in alleged financial crimes. Remember, Durham was tasked by Trump with investigating how the FBI handled its own investigation of the Trump campaign's interactions with Russia. But Nadler alleges that, quote, Attorney General Barr turned the special counsel regulations on their head and used the special counsel not to promote independence and fairness, but to bury a potentially significant criminal investigation from the public. When Durham was asked about these meetings during testimony before the Judiciary Committee last month, Durham could only say that it, quote, came to nothing and that the matter was, quote, outside the scope of his report. Nadler is now seeking answers on why Durham investigated these allegations, how many grand jury subpoenas were issued in the investigation, and why the matter was not included in Durham's final report. The ranking member has given the Department of Justice until July 24th to respond. Thank you so much for listening. If you like The Daily Punch, leave us a rating and review. Share it on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. You can also sign up for our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.